What's going on, everybody? Uh, what's up? It's another. <laughs> it's another great episode of the Bold Women Podcast. I am your host, Meryl Wilson, and I am joined here today with a, well, a different version of Maria Weiler. Hey, everyone! It's Maria. I am so glad to be here. Um, a little remix. She's clearly lost her voice, so she's going to pipe in on occasion. Literally, I will throw in the pipes from time to time. Yes. So in her stead and also bringing a boatload of wisdom, and we are super excited um, to have Delore Hewley with us today. What's up, everybody? Also known as D-Lo. D-Lo. Or D-Glow. No. Yep. Maria's been trying to get D-Glow to happen, just like Fetch, for a really long time, but it's not going to happen. It happened for me. That's all I care about. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, today's topic is going to be on... Can I just say something really quick? Yep. (laughs) I am so sad that this happened on today's topic, because I had so many things to say. (laughs) That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love you all. Yeah. All right. Mute her, please. Thank you. <laughs> we'll just mute her for a little bit and she may pipe in here and there. She can't help. Oh, yeah. She's not muted yet. That's okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So today we are going to talk about wilderness seasons or seasons of <clears throat> like waiting, transition, You know, those times where often we feel like we're just wasting away somewhere (laughs) in life and um, the things that we want to come to pass and the things that we have been praying for have not happened. And so we kind of wanted to dig in and just talk about our experiences with this. And so um, for those who are not super duper familiar with um, what I mean by wilderness season. I mean, I think I kind of gave a little bit of a definition of it, but um, Dilo, do you want to, do you want to tell us what you think, (laughs) how you would define like what it means when someone is talking about being in a wilderness season? Yeah. Um, I believe it's a, it's a testing period. Mm -hmm. Um, It's you're, you're going through a battle and a refining period. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can stay in that wilderness season for much longer because maybe we're not doing the necessary things to get out of it. Oh, she's going in with the zingers. <laughs> she's um, going right in. Yeah. Um, more thoughts on that. But yeah, that's, I think in a nutshell, wilderness season is just kind of like a refining period. Yeah. Yeah. A period of refining, a period of testing. And Maria also has preparation. Yep. Maria, do you want me to read your point for you? That would be great. Okay. <laughs> so Maria has here in our notes that um, like with the testing from, uh, she references James 1, 2 through 4, um, which is consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, which would lead to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. And Maria's note on here says that she freaking loves the end of James 2, 4. 
um, because that is the amplified version. And it says that we are fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing. And she strives to be in that space. And scripture says the way that we get there is through testing, which is really good. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, she's raising her hand. What's up? Um, oh yeah. My just thought real quick on that was that, um, I'm sorry guys, this is going to be real hard. If um, you apologize one more time. <laughs> Put your iPod just down. Well, I can't. Well, yeah, it's flying. I I can't help it either. <laughs> but just don't apologize. It's okay. We got it. Okay. Um, but I think that's the thing too is the aspect of like, as so many times throughout Scripture, like that's how the Lord says that we develop is actually through testing, not mm-hmm. just by like, yeah. oh, it's easy and it feels good, or I have everything that I want. But it's like, no, our faith actually grows in tests. And I think that sometimes when we don't have our answered prayer, like if we prayed for something and we got our answer immediately, we would never be required to have faith. It would, God would be like a vending yeah. machine. But yeah, like the fact true. is, is like, no, sometimes we don't see it right away. And like those wilderness seasons are actually times where we actually build our faith because faith is evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. And so it's like we, without seeing, if we don't see something, then we have faith. We don't have faith if we can see it. Right. Um, so I think just those times where um, it's not there is actually, you know, that's where we have faith. Like that's where we're called to walk and to be and to live. Um, so I think there's far more of life, unfortunately, spent in these wilderness seasons than the active side yeah, of things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Maria and I were both reading um, a book by John Bevere called God, Where Are You? And it's all about this topic. So good. And there was one thing that he said in the book that was like, it had, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember the part, like the first part of it. But what stuck out in my mind is where he was like, you know, being in the wilderness season, you know, God puts us in in them to develop our character, yeah. to um grow our faith to test us and refine our character and all of that stuff. And he said something about, gosh, I wish I would have thought to highlight that earlier and bring it with me today. That was a dumb move, but it said something about how it's like, um, you know, being in the wilderness season isn't supposed to be a permanent thing. Yeah. And, um, but we like what makes it last longer is us. (laughs) And it's never that God is putting 100%. us in there for like an extended period of time. It's like we can either be in there for as long as God wants us to be in there, or we can be in there for as long as we think we should be. It's in never there. sped up. I feel like too. It's, it's never like, sped up. It's the exactly. time God wants you there or longer. So no matter, yeah. you can't do all the right things to get through it faster. You just have to be like willing. Yeah. I feel like uh, to be that's pruned. why mine is we're going on year four. <laughs> Bro, you're five and a half. Wait a minute. You're five and a half. Sheesh. (laughs) I'm like, well, okay, this is, this is fun. Um, so let's see. Another question that we had was just like, how have you been stewarding your time in this season? And then, um, D'Lo, do you want to talk about a time where you were in like a wilderness season or if you're in one and how you have been like spending that time or also, if you recognize that you were like, cause in, in John Bevere's book, he talks about how it's like the first time that happened, he didn't realize that he was entering into a wilderness season, but then like he went into another one later on in life and he was like, Oh no, here we go again. Um, which is an important thing to, to yeah. recognize and learn too is like, Oh, okay. It looks like I need something to get worked on here. Um, but do you want to talk about a season of waiting or transition that you have experienced? And how was that? 
Yeah. Um, well, definitely more than one, but yeah. one that um, was probably the most significant was when um, we were, we had our church at Santa Fe Elementary and I was wearing a lot of hats. I was doing social media. I was taking uh, pictures. I was running sound. I was leading worship. No one else was leading at this time. It was just, it was me, all me. And, oh yeah, I think I was, I was over a couple other teams as well. I was just grinding, grinding. And I had this super prideful thought that um, if I can't do it, no one will. Mm. Or they won't do it as well. Yeah. I do that all the time. (laughs) Like if I can't do it, then it's not going to get done. And so I, I forced myself to be in this cycle of like, it's only me and this is it. And, um, I just so much respect pastor Troy and, um, seeing that he basically, he stopped me one Sunday and asked me how I was doing. It was like a classic, like I'm good. Like, (laughs) I'm fine. Everything's That's a great. Response. I don't yeah. want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, everything's good. Uh, surface, just yeah, everything's fine because no one want to, really wants to talk about it. And he's like, "Wait, how are you really doing?" And then I kind of just like broke down, and um, this was like the first time that I felt burnt out. And um, Pastor Troy pretty much took. I was willing to take everything away except my passion, which was worship. And, um, then that led to, so I was able to like really lean into my passion and spending time with God. Cause a lot of times we can get busy doing the things for God and not necessarily spending time with him. And then you run the risk of, you know, having busyness essentially become an idol or a priority in yeah, your life. And absolutely. But I'm totally doing everything for even. the Lord. Yeah. So doing it, everything but yeah. for the Lord, but not really. Yeah. No, it's all selfish. Um, yeah. so that led into, um, when I first had my daughter, Jovi, um, became another season of burnout and I was able to recognize it quicker. And, um, I was able to go on, a sabbatical and that kind of like started our church having a sabbatical. Cause it was just so during that season of nothing of just like rest and it wasn't mm-hmm. rest just I'm going to veg and watch Netflix and right. do whatever I want. It was a season of pressing into watching like videos and sermons on worship and getting, spending time in the word. Like, what does worship mean? And so in that season of rest, it wasn't just relaxing, kicking my feet up. It was actually proactive. It was almost like a fasting season. Like, you know, when you're in a fast, you want to, you want to spend, you want to replace the whatever need or the thing that you're fasting with God and his yeah. word. Yeah. So it was basically that I just pressed in more in that season of rest of, actively pursuing him. That's good. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, it all just, this goes right into Maria's notes here where she was talking about stewarding her time. She says this thinks, she thinks this is vital. Um, we can tend to get antsy while we're waiting for things and trying to make, you know, things feel different because we want different. We, but at the same time, you know, like we hate change and then also get 
dissatisfied when nothing changes. So it's um, a good passage in scripture is um, for Philippians 4, and I think I wrote down 10 through 19. So bear with me here while I read some scripture. Okay, so Philippians 4, 10 through 19 says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. And this is Paul writing to the Philippians. Um, He's in prison. They had been sending him gifts and letters and things like that. This is his letter in response to them. So um, he says, I know you've always been concerned for me, but you don't have the chance to help me. But you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Um, Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in in Christ Jesus. So Paul is literally, oh, Maria's got thoughts. Yeah, kind of to tag on. Go ahead. Um, I think just sometimes that section of scripture, so, and not that it's misquoted that you can't use it for whatever you're facing, but I think the heart of that scripture is like, can you be content? Oh, it's always verse 13. I can do everything through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, which yes, yes, you can. But like what Paul's just really here saying is like, no matter whatever season of life I am in, whether it is in the, the joys and the sads, um, and the sad, the sad, the sadness, <laughs> in the, the joy dold- in the doldrums, <laughs> if you will. But yeah, like whatever season I'm in, like, can I truly be content? Like when I look around and I see other people with all the things that I'm praying for and believing for, do I let jealousy stir up or do I have contentment? Because I know, like, I trust that like, okay, God sees me and he hears me. And like, I know that when it's my time, it'll be my time. And, mm-hmm. um, I think another thing is one of my, my counselors said this to me once and I, I like kind of stared at him for a while. And then I was like, that's actually really good. But he said like this last verse where it says, and this is the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to you through Christ Jesus. And he said, Maria, he takes care of your needs, not all your wants. And he said, if you don't have it, then you don't need it. Um, and I just was like, that's good. All, so good. All right. So just that idea of like, if it's, if I don't have it this second, it's not a need for me this second. Cause God promises me that he takes care of that and not saying I don't have a want for it or I don't have a desire for it or that I won't ever have a need. But if it's not in my hands this moment, like, can I be content? Yeah. Those, those are just my thoughts. Yeah. That's really good. And just to, I mean, thinking about Paul, <laughs> he's in prison. And I mean, the prisons that we have here in the United States today are like five-star resorts compared to the prisons of those years. Like this was, I mean, he probably, he would have been lucky to have a bucket to um, relieve himself. And, you know, it was just like, I mean, 
It's dank, probably no windows, freaking ground is wet, like disgusting. Just you say dank? Dank, yeah. I always thought that was a slang word. I didn't know it was a real word. Okay, yep, it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but it was, it like, I reflect on that passage because, I, I mean, I've, I've spent time reflecting on that passage a few different times throughout throughout this wilderness season of mine that I'm in. And I remember just thinking, and I still think about that to this day, like if I were in his shoes, like if I were literally sitting in that situation, could I sit there and be like, Hey, all's well, (laughs) like love you guys. Thank you so much for caring about me. You know, like just his attitude in that letter is like, you would have no idea that he was in prison because he was just like, you know what? I got the joy of the Lord. That's what I've got. And honestly, like, I'm like, man, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. We are so blessed today, you know, that um, we don't have to, we aren't experiencing stuff like that. I mean, I mean, some people, we won't go off on a tangent, but anyway, um, I, I found another part of um, another character that I look at is um, the story of Joseph. And I did a really, really, really good Devo um, in the Bible app, and it was called Trusting God's Plan in the Waiting, Lessons from the Life of Joseph. And probably like my favorite um, passage for, like from that Devo was just like questions that were being asked. And so this is just going to be rhetorical that I'm going to read these off, of course. But um, it really gave me a lot to think about. So if you are kind of going through a season where you're like just waiting for something to change in your life or whatever, I would highly recommend first of all, to go read the story of Joseph. And um, like that dude had to wait so long for a dream that was given to him when he was so young, when he was very young. And then it was, what was it a total of 18 years, something like that? I think, I mean, it was, cause I think it was a whole 12 that he was in prison. Yeah. And then Cause it was like 10 years because it was like 10 years in prison. And I think he spent another two once another the, two once he, once he met the cupbearer yeah. and they left and they just forgot about him. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Um, something like that. I was, it's, I know it's double digits for sure. Yeah. Long right. Time. Around, very long time. Yeah. And so, um, but anyway, just like what I read from there was just, you know, when things are going well to you, well for you, do you continue to give God the glory or do you get distracted by the abundance? And another question is, you know, have you ever gotten what you wanted to later not feel fulfilled? And why do you think that was? And then also Joseph was forgotten, like I said, uh, by, by the cupbearer because he ran into somebody who was closely connected to the king at the time who'd been thrown in prison. And he was like, hey, don't forget about me. And what happened? That guy literally went and forgot about him and for a couple more years. And then the question to that is like, do you think that there is a purpose in the cupbearer, like forgetting Joseph and what was that? And I think Maria, you and I talked about this yeah. and I think your speculation was that it was because that might be the one time where we saw Joseph be like in a moment of selfishness where he was like, Hey, don't forget me. Don't forget about me. And so it was possible that he prolonged his wilderness season or season of waiting even longer because he took his eyes off of, Christ for like a moment yeah, <laughs> and I, made that, made that comment to somebody. I think a, like a good point is like, or maybe the way to say it would be like, was he striving in that minute to get out? 
Yeah. I mean, like in trying to make it happen himself versus possible. trusting God to help him get out um, where God had done that before and like showed him time and time again before, like, I will get you out and I will deliver you from your situ- situations and your circumstances. But here he's like, and I was listening to a, a sermon by Pastor Robert Morris, who's one of my favorite teachers. She will often reference him. I will in reference here. him a lot. Um, but he had mentioned something similar to that of like, yeah, like striving to be like, hey, don't, yeah, don't forget about me. Like I'm, I'm in here too. He's like, that's like the, and um, I feel like that's how I would be. Yeah. <laughs> if that were me, I'd be like, yeah. don't forget me. <laughs> but like how oftentimes we strive for things, but it's actually us trying to manipulate the hand of God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's going, she's losing her cool. All right. Okay. I'm back. I have one more thought. (laughs) What is that? Okay. Sorry guys. Thanks for hanging in here. Um, but yeah, just, I think too, we can catch when we aren't content when we're striving. Like, I think that's like a big way to say, like so many times I know I can say like in my life, I can look back and be like, I'm good. I'm like, I am content. And it's like, no, you're striving in like 30 different areas, Maria. Like you're not really. (laughs) Maybe in one you were cool, but like I'm never cool. I have no chill. <laughs> like, I'm. Not. That's why I've been here for so long. I think. I think it's starting to calm down for me, but I don't know, girl. But like, yeah. But that those moments of like, am I really? You and I have talked about this too. Of am I really sitting here saying God, you are good because you are good, or am I saying God, you're good because of what you're going to give me? Yeah, yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Um, the question that I have, um, D-Lo, because you were talking about your season where you were like, you had to go on sabbatical or whatever. So what did you learn like in that season of rest, of waiting while you were just like trying to clear your head and reset? Yeah. Um, for me, I feel like uh, I can't do it all yeah. <laughs> as somebody that is a, um, um, a recovered perfectionist, mm. um, recovered. <laughs> Whoa. Re- okay. Recover. recovering. I, I, I was like, I don't think I'll ever I'm get there. A, I'm not there. Wow. Yeah. All the way there. Okay. What's it like? I misspoke. Re- <laughs> What's it like up there? <laughs> What's it like up there? <laughs> recovering. Um, <laughs> partially recovered, um, perfectionist. And that I think it's so it's, I learned that I, I can't do it on my own and I have to rely on, on God and him and everything. Um, and I think, I don't know when we, when we, in that season, I just, I don't know, learn to be content and that I can't do it all. And yeah. I think that was a moment that broke for me because um, I learned when I allowed to step away that allowed people to rise up and that there were leaders that were there that I didn't know about yeah, that's because good. I was in the way and um, stopping them from reaching their potential because I was in my head like, I, I got to get it all. Right. And once I stepped away, like people rose up and I was like, wow, I'm not all that. (laughs) I'm not all that. And I don't have to do it all. Look at that. There's all these people that can help. Wow. I, well, and like we're talking about like sabotaging ourselves and the, the Israelites are a lot more relatable 
than I think we like to admit. Because a oh, lot of times yeah. we read about them, we're like, oh, idiots. Like, why didn't you guys just, didn't you see the Red <laughs> Sea part? Like, hello. And how often do we forget what God has done for us? You literally had bread fall from the sky. <laughs> like, literally. What? And they're like, God, you've left us. Where? And it's just so quickly we got turning. To have, we got to have garlic with our bread last time. <laughs> you know, when we were back in back in Egypt. Yeah. We got to, we got to have garlic. I, I kind of want to go back and do that. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but do the same thing yeah all the time i hate i hate if that is one thing i can say that i truly hate about the human experience it is how quickly you can just flip to that yeah. and like it is so frustrating so i'm like oh my gosh i'm doing it again like oh relying on so, myself yeah it's so frustrating or you know you find yourself kind of like looking back at like like the israelites did like i just said how they're complaining about the food that they were getting and it was like oh, you forgot all about the complete bondage that you were you guys were in you guys were enslaved yeah you had you weren't allowed to do anything but you're thinking about that you got to eat slightly better food at the time <laughs> wow but i mean i can so be like that too and yeah. I, that's so frustrating it also makes me think of jacob and esau where esau was oh like my i'm so I'm starving. Here's oh, my whole yeah. birthright if for soup. <laughs> like, and then he ate it so quickly and left. And then he left. It's like, Didn't bro, care. you just gave up your whole birthright because you're you were hungry. Lentil, soup. lentil soup. Over lent. Who's had lentil soup? I have. I have. Not a meal. You didn't like it. Well, the I put it over rice. I Anyways. mean, it's not worth. It's not, it's worth, not worth giving up your entire inheritance. Inheritance yeah. over. Well, it just shows you how powerful our flesh can be. Like yeah, in all man. honesty of like, that's true. Like that's hunger. That is one of like the, like, I mean, granted, yes, we all have hunger, but like you can think of all these other things that can be way more pulling than hunger. Well, mm-hmm. and gosh, I even think within Christian circles too, we downplay what hunger does to us and oh, what gosh, we do yeah. and what we, what we consume. But, um, I think there's this piece to it. It's like, yeah. Like if you, especially in this, the times of, wilderness if all you are doing is feeding your flesh like good luck trying to get like get through anything like good luck you're gonna be there a while you're gonna be there a minute so i have some notes on what i was just writing this the other day just things i was reflecting on on things that i have learned in my wilderness season but first i wanted to read a quote from elevation church's series on wilderness seasons um i think it was probably pulled from like one of the youtube videos um but Pastor Craig Rochelle said the wilderness is a place where God helps us get clear about what really matters. He will shift your perspective from what you thought you wanted to what he really wants for you. The promise of God is not automatic, but it is a seed planted by God. It's in the process that we're able to see God's promise come to pass. Our confidence requires us to commit to his process. God will not always bring it to you, but he will bring you to his promise. He has given you the power to move forward in what he promised you. That's a lot of promise in couple of sentences but that just stresses the importance of it so say all that to say um for me like my wilderness season so far has consisted of a few things and i kind of separated them into is it three four four different things okay cool the first one was like separation and i've said this before but i believe that like for my specific instance, like God used the pandemic to force me to 
like really sit down and take like a really good hard look at the way that I had been living my life and just like really take personal inventory and sort of just kind of sit in my feelings because I had gotten divorced at the end of 2019 and there was this small gap before things like shut down and I was wilding. Like I was just being, just going right back into the stuff that I would do, you know, anyway, like a lot of drinking, partying, stuff like that. Um, so then like everything shuts down and I just have to sit there and I have to like digest everything that had happened to me. I mean, like I had, a, I, I went through a lot of like loss in my family in addition to getting divorced. And so having to process all of that, um, was also really important. Um, but then the second thing is what I wrote down as removal. So the first 18 months or so, in other words, no, and also known as the upside down, was a wild time of testing for me. Um, so testing myself and seeing if doing like the same sorts of things I did before I decided to turn back to God would render different results. And then also I spent some time like testing God in a sense. So like seeing if he really would keep pulling me away from myself and my negative behaviors, thoughts, and patterns. Um, I took time to reflect on God's word um, to me that I can't keep doing things the way that I had been doing them. Um, And that pushed me to get uncomfortable by digging into my faith, by talking with him more, reading his word, spending time around other believers and like, I had a pretty like cynical worldview and that seemed to start fading away. And then it felt like, Oh, well maybe I like, I have some actual hope again. Um, and then like my interests in hanging around people that weren't pushing me toward God and participating in self-destructive behavior, like also dissipated. Next thing I know, like I stopped listening to music that contains a lot of sexual content, mistreatment of women, drugs and violence. Um, the anger that I had and my short temper, like the use of foul language, which is something I still struggle with, but it's massively improved since then. Um, the thirsty need for male attention. Yeah, that one was fun. That was embarrassing. That was a, oh, so embarrassing. Okay, the negative self-talk, in which I still struggle with. <laughs> um, unforgiveness, bitterness from all of the hurt in my life, like all that started to fall away. And it's just funny, like, you know, reading that quote just before talking about how it's like, if you allow yourself to just make a few slight changes, which is just making a small amount of time to like listen to a worship song here and there, you know, read a few verses or just literally open your Bible and then just like (laughs) move your hand and then stop somewhere and then start reading and then like read a chapter or whatever. Um, Like how all of those things just stopped like the stuff that I was really interested in doing, like stopped becoming interesting to me. Um, and then what else? Oh, then there was like some rebuilding. So like physical training, like my body, my mind and spirit became a priority for me for the first time, you know, like unlearning bad habits and then deciding to nurture relationships, um, prioritizing my relationship with God by making sure that I'm in church and, um, dedicating time to be in prayer in the word and listening to worship music, as I said, just a minute ago. Um, and then like, I think one of the biggest, like one of the bigger things that I have like pulled away from this season so far is like, 
is trusting. And like, I know that we've, we kind of talked about that towards the beginning, but like, I'll give an example from the brief period of time that I dated before I put myself in timeout <laughs> from, <laughs> from that. So I, I had told some friends a while back, like as I had been dating, it was like, I went on several dates, like just like one date or maybe two. And then, um, it was like something would happen and it just didn't work out, of course. So that's, was really irritating. Um, but like I had told friends, like I was having this conversation with some girls that it felt like ever since I started changing the way that I look for like desirable qualities in men and then like getting even more specific. Cause over this time it was like, okay, I see why that door shut. I see why this guy wouldn't have been a good one for me. Like I understand that because it's like, as you refine what it is that you're supposed to be looking for. Cause for a long time I had no idea what I was looking for. I was like, I don't know. I just, (laughs) just out here flailing about. And then I honestly didn't think that it was all that important. It was just like, Oh, if a guy tells me that he loves Jesus then that's probably going to be good enough. And it was like, no, it turns out you need more of that. Like you need like evidence that God is in this person's life. And, um, but I had, so once I started changing like the way that I look for desirable qualities in men and like getting more specific about that, um, I felt like God, like I said this out loud to my friends and I shouldn't have, but I said, I was like, I feel like God is like dangling like good men in front of me. And then like once I established in my mind that I was like interested in a person, like the door would immediately slam in my face. Friend zoned like just, or whatever ghosted, you know, it's fine. It happened a lot. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, that's cool. And then I told these friends of mine, like, it felt like God has been playing games with me. And within 24 hours of that conversation with those girls, I like was getting ready to go to sleep that night. And I just felt so convicted. I was like, I should not have said that. I should not have said that. Why did I say that? Why did I say he was dangling people in front of me? And then like, I had to go and write this down and then I copied it. Um, I still have it like in my notes or whatever, but um, I wrote down like, God is not playing games with me. Like he knows the desires of my heart. He knows what's best for me and when, and I've been acting as though like that's his character, like playing games with me is his character. And like, that's not who he is as if he plays games with my love life and he's not, He cares about what I care about deeply and he understands my heart's desires because he is the one who placed them in there. And then I had to go and talk to those same friends and be like, Hey, I had this realization after our conversation. Real quick. Right. Oh, I'm saying like, you'd be like real quick guys. Yeah. Sorry about that. Real quick. Oh, no, I did have a thought that was, I realized that I was like adding a thought, but it sounded like I was interrupting, but I was adding to your thought. Yeah. Anyways. for it. Um, so it makes me think of, there's actually a really good, it's a house fire song and it's off the album, me and all my friends. And, um, the song's called, I'm not in a hurry. And then there's another one on there that talks about like, I trust your character. Like kind of like over what I see is basically the point. Mm. And it's just one of those. It's like, I think we're so used to people changing their character that we can sometimes tend to put human characteristics on God. Oh gosh. And yeah. it's one of those things that's like, and it's so easy to do, right? Cause it's like, okay, well this person was supposed to love me. And this person was supposed to do X, Y, Z. Um, 
but they didn't. So like, okay, God, so you you say you're going to do this, but I'm not seeing it. So you must be like them. And we start to like relate all of our human experiences yeah. on him when it's like, oh no, he, like, he's far supersedes that. So I think just a big piece is like when we don't know what we're looking at is like, we can trust his character, period. I mean, like, period. So if we don't see something, then we have to trust, okay, God, if you are good and you are loving and you are wise, that you know something that I don't mm. know. Like, that. and how many times do we look back on life and I, you're like, all I can think of even in my life, I know like when I, I mean, I've shared it a few times too, but like when I was so upset, like screaming at God, like, why aren't you saving my marriage? And just mm, fear, yeah. I mean, like infuriated. So I was like, I'm doing everything you tell me to do. I am trying to love like you i am fasting i am praying i'm um like all these things and you're like i don't see you move it's getting worse like like don't you love marriage like you say you do and then i remember when i found out that my um, ex-husband was with someone else it was in that minute of like oh my gosh you know far more than Uh, me and it was like that moment where i was like not only like i was like maria like i was protecting you not like you, like you, what you saw and what you wanted was yes, that to be healed. And there, that's not bad. That was your marriage. You should, but like my hand and what I see is even far greater. Like I was protecting you from things like, and then I like hindsight and like, I didn't have children. Like how, like we tried yeah. for, oh. like just on the being the real, oh we tried for three years to have kids and I never got pregnant. Like that doesn't just happen. I mean, just things like that where it's like, it was in the moment where I felt so small. And I remember I said, God, I'll never not trust you again. And then I go into the biggest lesson of trust in my life. So I was like, maybe, mm-hmm. I, maybe I spoke too soon. Um, but yeah, I think that's just one of those things. It's like when we don't necessarily see, like we just have to trust that God knows more. Yeah. And, like he really does. Like he yeah. sees the future. We don't. Yeah. Um, he sees people's hearts where we can't. And um or when we we think we can, but he like he actually knows. So there comes a point where it's like at the end of the day, we're gonna we have to trust him. Otherwise, we're gonna be miserable our whole lives. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's like the last like. So since it's been almost four years, I would say like almost the last like eighteen ish months. So that what I went through just a little bit ago was talking about like the first eighteen months post divorce or whatever. But like, I feel like lately, like the biggest struggle that I have had it just to go off of what you were just saying there is like to bend like one to release my insane desire to be in control at all times. Like what a hilarious thing to think as a human being that you are literally in control of everything in your life. And it's like, no, (laughs) God's going to show you real quick, girl, real quick. That's what happens. That's what's been happening to me. So, (laughs) but like, and I'm like still working on, on, on trusting him, like trusting him to show me that he is who he says he is and that he won't leave me, that he has the best in mind for me, like that he knows more than I do. And he knows every possible outcome of any possible choice I could ever make. And that he's protecting me and not punishing me. Yeah. Like that's the thing too, like that you were saying was like, oh, that was a, sometimes I wrestled we, with that for years. Sometimes we honesty. think, yeah. Sometimes we think that God is there. I think it go, kind of goes into like two different, two different frames of mind is like, you think that God is just like withholding things from you or, um, or you feel like you're in trouble. Like he's punishing you for something yeah. because what you want isn't happening on your timeline. And like, at first, probably three years, maybe even four. I would say, honestly, probably since 
maybe middle of last year. So like just coming out of it real realistically feeling like I believe that God has been so mad at me for so long. Like even in my time with him would be, um, I would like, it wouldn't be like I would hear the tender love of a father or I would hear, um, his compassion and his mercy. I would hear like, and granted I now like hindsight, I know I was like not listening to the correct voices. Right. But in those moments, like it was this, like, like God is so dis. I probably lived with this idea that God was so disappointed in me for probably three years of that. He had like, he was not pleased with me that he was so ashamed of how I made decisions that he was, um, yeah, that he, like he entrusted me with more and I failed at it that, Mm -hmm. I mean, like you could, the list could go on. And so, when I would pray to him, it would be like, why do you think he would speak to you in that way? Like, why do you think he would speak tenderly to you? It would be like, or, and I would, I remember I was talking with PT about it and I was like, man, I'm reading through Proverbs. And I just feel like I, I, when I read that, like, watch out for the way of a fool. Um, like how many times it's listed throughout Proverbs. I'm like, that's me. I'm the fool. <laughs> I was like bawling on the floor, like venting about it one time. And he was like, Maria, the fact that like you're worried about being the fool is probably a pretty good sign that like that probably, I mean, that like hindsight, not. but in that minute, in that moment, I was like, because I so didn't want to displease God. And I so didn't want to be filled with pride. And I so didn't want to have like, I mean, you fill in the list. Yeah. Um, that like anything that was like a warning from God, I was like, well, that has to be me. (laughs) And so here I I literally started like taking on this identity, like this identity out of like heart position. Great. Like wanting to, to serve God and to please God and to not have, um, like, yeah, pride and ugliness in, it was like taking on this like identity of like, I can't do anything right. Um, every, every decision that I do is not, is with ill intent and, Um, I'm going to make terrible decisions. I mean, like the list could go on probably no joke, probably three years that I just struggled with that so much. Are we the same person? We hindsight. (laughs) Yep. All the time. We have. Okay. We often ask this of each other. (laughs) It's like, we'll say this. We've been okay. It is so uncanny, but also hilarious at the same time that Maria and I have just, it's it's so bizarre. I mean, it's only it's God, God that we are yeah. literally going through like the exact same stuff at the exact same time. It's like one of us will start saying something. We're like, you, you too? too? <laughs> um, Me too. Yeah, because I think about that. I honestly went through a bit of a tailspin after I finished John Bevere's book. Um, God, yeah. where are you? Like I had this whole like. It's such breakdown, a good book though, by the way. Breakdown crying time where I was just like. I don't want to extend my wilderness season. I am. I do not want to be here anymore. Like, Lord, I just want, I don't want to freaking make mistakes. I don't want to keep doing the same crap that I've been doing forever. And like, what do I need to do? Like, how do I keep myself from messing up? And like, or that fear of like, God, I'm trying to make the right decisions. I'm trying to do the right thing. But sometimes it, it feels like I'm not, but like, I don't know what else to do. Cause I feel like I am going to you. I feel like I am doing what you would ask me to do. Yep. And then feeling like locked in this spot of like, is this what you want me to do? Cause I'm still not seeing you move. And then that's where I kind of had that, that breakthrough moment. Well, I actually got kind of wrecked by it, but of that, like, am I really, am I really loving God because of what he's going to give me? Or am I loving God because he's God and he's good and he's faithful and he's my father. And if he didn't give me my promises or the quote unquote promises that I want so badly, mm-hmm. would I still say he is good and would I still be content and would I still have joy? And, um, yeah. 
So that was kind of like a big breaking. I think that was a big breaking for me, moment for me. And I would say that probably happened like January of this year. I literally woke up this past Sunday. Yeah. First thing I said out loud was, Lord, am I doing this right? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was just like, what am I doing? What? Like, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I think that's a great, a great question. Great though. question. Shut up. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. I think that's a. I I think that's a great question to ask yourself. Is like, am I doing this right? I think it's a humbling question to ask. Well, thanks. Yeah, Preach. I think because yeah, know, super great. Yeah, I, I think it's good to self reflect like that yeah. too. To be able to be like, am I? God, search my heart. Search my heart. That David said that all the time. Search my heart. See yeah. if there's any evil way in me. Take it out. Yeah. Get it out. Show I don't me. want it. Yeah. I mean, like, I still have, and part of that is like. I still have friends that like aren't believers and I still spend time with them and I still like <sighs> go out, hang out, stuff like that with them. And like, and I think that part of that's something I've just been kind of struggling with too is like, am I prolonging my wilderness season because I'm out here just like hanging out with these people. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, of, of course you need to spend time with people like that because how yeah. else are they going to, but who's are your core see? people that yeah, you're hanging are, out with? Yeah, exactly. Like, how else are the people that you that don't go to church with you or whatever? Like, how how are they going to see? How else are they going to see Jesus? Like, I might be the only. That's not a selfish thing to say either. It's not a pompous no, or no. egotistical thing to say. It's like sometimes you are just the one person that someone sees. Yeah. They don't realize it, or maybe they do, and that's yeah. why they like being around you. But they I think can't D-Lo- necessarily put their finger on it. But like. But yeah, they're, they're drawn to like, yeah. there's a draw because of what's in you. Um, yeah. I think Dilo said spot on though, too. Like as we go through life and even as believers of like, who's the core though, who do we give the deep yeah, places of ourselves? Like who do we that's give our point. deep places to? Cause it's like, I can go to someone um, and, and I did this post-divorce where I would like, be like, talk about different things. People be like, oh yeah, that's great. And then, um, but then you could go to someone who, who's a believer and they could be like, Hey, that's cool. But can I challenge you in this way? And so it's like, sometimes I think we can tend to pull away from like our core. Like I'm like, I'm throwing up both hands. as like guilty in the way of like, um, like I think the people that you have that you let deep into your soul are need, need to be the ones that like can help you like see things in course correct if you need to. And and do that and be that and that are going to love you in the middle of it regardless. And like you said too, like not saying you don't ever have time. Like re- my goodness. Yeah. Yes. But like, like you're, yeah, you're your going to be the light to those people. 100%. Like you said, yeah, like you're going to be Jesus to those people. Yeah. And it's such a weird thing to think about. Oh, it made me it's think weird. of an example. I resisted my core people, AKA you two. <laughs> For a long time. Dang. <laughs> you can't make me laugh right now. <laughs> Don't, don't laugh. Know. Don't do it. Don't make that facial expression. Well, put your eyebrows down. <laughs> I'll do my best. Here's the example I just thought of. But like iron sharpens iron, right? But like if iron isn't around other iron, often it gets dull. So like if you think about like when you sharpen knives, like you literally use other knives to sharpen it. Um, and like knives are used to cut, like take a knife that cuts bread over and over and over again, like after time. It does get dull. You have to resharpen it. So it's like this piece of, am I around what's going to sharpen me enough that I stay sharp? Yep. Or am I around what's not sharpening me more than it's making me dull? Like, so it's like finding that and God gives grace to find that balance. Yeah. Absolutely. That's an excellent point. I was just a, 
I just pictured like chefs, you know, like when they sharpen their knives real fast, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. well, thanks for uh, working through my issue through this episode, guys. Oh, <laughs> so welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Lordy. Yeah. It's the wheeze. <laughs> the what? The the wheeze, your wheeze, I'm wheezing. Oh, okay. Can I can I add something? Absolutely. That's what you're here for. Okay. Well, I just said no. Add. Delo's loaded. Loaded. <laughs> I was gonna say okay. Locked. Okay. You, you know karma Mike. because you were <laughs> locked and loaded for with wisdom. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to just kind of mention something that I feel like the Holy Spirit's been putting on my heart recently. Um, of our God is such a jealous God. Mm. And I think in like in the wilderness season, like the, the end of it should be our first, we should just be so in love with the presence of God. And like, we'll take for instance, um, like Jesus, he was led into the wilderness to be tested and refined. And, um, he could have done all the things all that the he was things. tested. He could have, but at the very end, he's like, if Jesus can say, God, if there's another way, please take it, but not my will, your will be done. Like it's all about him. And, um, like I've been reading in Job, which is man, man, <laughs> I feel like, good lord, those boils would have started to come out. Good I just luck. posted. I just posted yeah, the funniest. Have been done. Okay, I follow um, the podcast. Instagram follows um, Office Theology, oh. and it was like some rant that Michael Scott goes on. <laughs> and I posted it today, and it was like Job's first speech, and it is the funniest. <laughs> it was really funny. Anyway, go follow Office Theology if you like that. So I love the Office. <laughs> so it's funny. So good. So funny. But I love um, God was talking to Satan and he was like, have you considered, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man. He fears God and stays away from evil. And um, so he had everything taken away from him. Uh, yeah. Everything. Every little thing, like family, children, health, yeah, money. I mean, like everything you would think it would be a need in life. Yeah. And is our heart so quick to be like, well, God's left me. He's gone. And, um, God doesn't really love me because of my little tiny situation that I'm going through is hard. Like our, we, we get so like, Oh God, we love you. You're so good. You're so faithful in the season when we're not going through hell, Mm -hmm. but then it's hard to be like, well, what God, where are you? Where are you? And it's like, he's there. He's always there. He's never left us. Mm-hmm. Just our perspective and what we're going through. Like he wants us to want him more than the stuff that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Like our That's one good. desire. He's a jealous God. He wants us. He wants us to wake up every morning like, not my will today, God. But Your will. Help me to live a life that you want help me to not focus on the things that i want and desire but only focus on you because when our focus is on him all that stuff is going to come into place Mm -hmm. when we're content 
and our circumstances and our content with him, all that stuff is just bonus. Yeah. I don't remember which Bible teacher it was. Um, D'Lo and I went to the same Bible school, but Emma. let's go. Um, but we had a professor and they always said, they were talking about this in regards to their marriage, but I feel like it can mean anything in life. And it's always kind of stayed with me when I think about marriage too. And um, like not striving to force something, but literally like watch it work. But he just was like, God told me, he's like, I sat there he's like, and I watched my wife was a secretary at the time. He's like, I saw all these men going up to her. And he's like, I was getting jealous of like, no, like I want to ask her out. I want to ask her out. And he said that God was like, stop. If you try to make it happen, you're going to be responsible for keeping it together your whole life. If you let me make yeah. it happen, I'm, I'm the one that's responsible to keep that together. And I think just like you can put that to so many different things in life, but especially, I mean, we know we talk about relationships on here a lot because that's just the season we're in. But like, if you let God, maybe one day it'll be different. <laughs> it will. Um, but if you let God make, let something like work out the details and let something happen, like he's yeah. the one responsible for it. He's the one for the outcome. And I think big picture, like Dila was saying, like, he gets the glory. He wants the glory. He's jealous for it. Like he's made, like we were created to worship him. So our actions, our decisions, how we live our life should glorify him and how much more glory to be. And I think I've told you this so many times too, of like, I want whoever I end up with it to be a miracle where it's like, Oh, God brought that together. And God worked that where yeah. the only thing I can literally be is like, Look what God did. We like, are in the yeah. least. Look what God did. We are in the least dateable city in the country. It it can only be God. It can only be God. Like literally. <laughs> so, but it's like if allowing God to work and do that where yeah. he gets the glory, like yeah. that's yeah. the kind of relationship that I want yeah. where he brought it together. He worked it. He did all the details. I'm yeah. just ready and willing, but like, that's what I like. Well, that's look, what I think he look wants what to get happened us to. with Abraham and Sarah yeah. and they, they were given a promise and then they got discontent. Yep. Well, I guess it's not going to happen in our timeline. So let's let's make this happen ourselves. Let's get this kid um, here, sleep with my servant. Let's make the promise happen that way. You notice how Abraham oh, wasn't like, nah. That <laughs> right. scripture? Like, sure. Who? Okay. Do we know who wrote the book of Genesis? God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't God. know. Okay. Moses. Was it Moses? Was it Moses? Okay. So it was really funny because... <laughs> I don't know if it was just because it was a different translation, but it was talking about the story of Abraham and Sarah. <laughs> it was like an Abraham who was almost a hundred years old. And then it was like, comma, who was as good as dead. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, why is that in there? Cause that, that, thing, true. that thing wasn't working. <laughs> it was, was not as working. good as dead. <laughs> That's uh, it cracked amazing. me. But one thing I wanted to say too, is like, you guys are referencing like God, the jealous God. Um, our friend Jacob Russell said this very, he said this so well. And it's like for, for people that, you know, who may not be, you know, on the same area of their walk as we are, or, I mean, cause you guys are even more spiritually mature than I am, but, um, I don't know about that. Yeah. Listen, you guys all know, <laughs> I don't think you, you know me. I'm like, I don't know about that. Who was the feral cat of our church? Me. <laughs> okay, that was Cats a self-imposed title. Yeah, remember how you talked about like um, bad talk? You know, a few minutes ago. Yeah, negative self-talk. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But she's yeah, getting yeah. better. Yeah, she's I mean, getting, getting better. better. But I do think 
Farrell Merrill. <laughs> right? Right? That's me. There's a ring to it. But, um, no, it made me think of. <laughs> Sorry. I just tickled my funny bone. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, Anyways. Jacob Jacob Russell said, <clears throat> said this so well because, I mean, it just coincides with like you talking about God being a jealous God and like. But I would say if Jacob was here, he'd be like, yeah, but God is a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he isn't going to force that door open. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to be the one wanting to like make all of those changes. And it was, and you were perfectly illustrating that with the examples that you were giving, like you need to be the one to like be so in love with God and wanting to take time to spend it with him and all yeah. of that. So I mean, that's I with any that. relationship, like, you want you want the person to pursue you and love you and like yeah you want them to pursue you and when they don't it's like you gotta well, open that, that door time. and be like come on in yeah well and how much when like when someone pursues you if you think relationship wise like how apt are you quick to I don't know what that's like anymore <laughs> Generally okay, well, speaking, even with friendship, friendship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah friends. Okay. Friends. <laughs> Eyebrows down, Meryl. That's literally like the eighth time tonight. I know. That's okay. Maybe she drew it a little bit. Yeah. Someone come pull me out of the friend zone. All right. <laughs> She's forcing her eyebrows down right now. If you could all see her. <laughs> no, but this idea, I lost my train of thought. Well, <clears throat> no, wait, give me a second. You got it. One second. Okay, you, we were saying about jealous God, pursuing. jealous God pursuing. Yes, thank you. Got it. Um, friendships, <clears throat> but no. This thought of like when someone pursues you, your only option, like what you do, typically because when you want the pursuit, let's clarify. Yeah. Um. When because there's some. Let's be honest. You're just yeah. like no, thank you. Thank you. Honored. Flattered. Flattered. No. Yeah, you guys um, are so kind. I'm not. Okay. Okay. Anyways. So, but when it's like when you want that pursuit, which God wants from us, like when the, someone starts to pursue you, you can't help but think about them all the time and want to give back to them and want to surprise them. Yes. And you want to like, that's what the reciprocating action is. Yeah. So like, as we pursue God, like that heart comes back to us of that, of like, oh, I think about them. I want to do for them. I want to love them. I want to show them my love as like yeah as that well even as a in a season of being a parent is like my gosh you want to give everything to your kid and but also you have to know when to like withhold and help correct and yeah but at at the same time like you you want you want them to love you and you want that desire back from them and like i don't know well, it has been. It's always better to know that somebody who loves you or is pursuing you is doing it because they want to. Yeah. Like genuine. Yeah. It's not fake. It's not a fake. <clears throat> yeah. Or and like not because a, they're getting something out of it. Yeah. Mm. Which, I mean, how so often we're like, God, I'm going to, I need this. I need this. Yeah. yeah. I want to get this. And like the. Give to, me all the green lights today, God. I am. Oh, not to bash the really name like, it and claim it, but I yeah. feel like when it's all about me, 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 what can I get from God? Yes. Um, yeah. Gross. It's just gross. What an <laughs> interesting um, approach to life. Yeah. No, I agree. God wants good things for us, but 
never at the sake of him, like knowing him. He wants to give good gifts to his children. Yeah. That's what a good father does. Sometimes we're just crappy kids. Sometimes we are just crappy kids. I think most of the time we're crappy kids. (laughs) Yes. I had that thought. That's how I feel most of the time. (laughs) He's like, what are we going to do with her? (laughs) I'm going to laugh if when you get to heaven, like the sign outside your house is like Farrell Merrill Avenue. Like, (laughs) welcome. And God's like made this road for you, Meryl. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, he's he's got quite a sense of humor, as I've seen. So it's, it's entirely possible. <laughs> and he's just sitting there, slaps his name, be like I got, I can change it. And he points to it, changes it back. J.K. J.K. Um, I did have this thought the other day though too about I was just in prayer and I, I don't know if I was mowing. I don't know what I was doing. Something. Nope, I wasn't mowing. I was doing something. But I was just about like how. Um, like God really doesn't give up on us. Like he really doesn't. And, um, like he doesn't throw the towel in on us and he doesn't, um, he doesn't get frustrated. Like he's so patient and, um, like, oh, I pray to be more like that with people and not like throw the towel in on people and throw and like get up, like get upset and give up. But Mm -hmm. like how much more, if that's a characteristic that like God wants us to have, like how much more is he that way with us? And especially as, we're in these wilderness seasons and we're trying to figure it out and we're trying to walk and like, God, we want to do it right. Like clean out our heart and like how he's so patient with us. And I think if I could say anything to listeners who are now, especially, I know I mentioned earlier, like three years of listening to a not loving voice. Like he is, if I can tell you, he is so patient with you and he loves you and he doesn't speak to you in that type of way. I mean, there's moments where he might be like, hey, like if you are running towards danger, like think about it that way. If somebody's full fledged, like running head into something dangerous, sometimes you have to like, you'll get the scream to get your attention changed. But like, that's not the constant voice. The constant voice is, is gentle and loving. And mm-hmm. um, he's easy. Like his yoke is easy. It's not too hard to carry. I mean, he says that in his word of like, no, come, like, come watch how I do this. Like, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like, it's never meant to weigh us down, um, but it's actually meant to provide freedom. So uh, just careful to what tone you listen to and what you think God's saying, because he's a lot more peaceful and patient than what we than what we give him credit for. Yeah, that's really good. Well, guys, I think that's all we've got for you today. <clears throat> so be sure to check out our website at Studio where you can learn more about us or stream episodes there. If you don't have a preferred platform you use already. Oh my gosh, my words lost. Okay. Email us with thoughts, questions, or comments, or Hey, throw out some topic suggestions at info at boldco.studio. Be sure to like subscribe, rate, leave a review where possible on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. Finally, give us a follow on Twitter at bold women co. We're on Instagram at boldwomen.podcast. That's I'm probably the most active on that one. That's my favorite because of all the fun reels and stuff. Anyway, um, we're also on YouTube at Bold Women Podcast. So that we are. That's it. That's all, my friends. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today and for bearing for with bearing voice. with my voice. I appreciate you. And thanks to Dilo for coming. D-Lo, in. Thanks for having me. Yes. Dropping some wisdom. We love you. Okay. Bye. <laughs>